Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. So, Tony, uh, uh, thank you very much for coming on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, this uh, is the Business Worth and Mindset podcast, uh, which uh, generally we are trying to capture inspirational stories of uh, you know people like yourselves who've got uh, uh, interesting stories um, on which uh, you know our uh, listeners and uh, those people who are. Um, following the podcast can get to to understand what people are doing out there and the lessons that they can uh, learn from it and just uh, get get inspired because uh, your your story is uh, particularly interesting so we'll probably just go through just a number of points around if you take us through your story like uh, you know uh, where you've come from, you know your, your your story leading up to where you are now, and what the uh, the the vision is for the future, and within that, we'll also try and capture. Um, what sort of uh, lessons and things that uh, the listeners or people listening to your story can take from that and what can help them in, in whatever it is that they are doing in their personal or business life. So let's just uh, pick it up from there, from the start, just to understand your, your, your story. Just give us a background of where you've come from and, and where we are now. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think the first thing is that my background is probably a bit unconventional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for the first six years of my life, um, I was fostered by Dutch people. Okay. My parents were the Windrush generation who came from Jamaica. Yeah. Um, but my mother was a nurse working long hours and my father was at university at the time. So I was fostered out to these Dutch people. Mm. Okay. Now, I didn't really know that my birth parents were my real parents. I didn't really see them for the first six years. Oh, wow. So when I went back to them, it was a big shock to me. And I really didn't know who they were, yeah. and I didn't know who I was. Wow. So okay. that was the first big shock. Hmm. I think the thing that followed on from that was um, when I was coming home from my first day at school and people started shouting, the n-word at me and throwing stones yeah. and then i realized that i looked different from my family as i yeah. thought of them wow big shock going back to my parents um who had a different experience because they came over in that generation mm. um their focus was on you know if you want to do anything or be somebody you've got to work 10 times as hard yeah wow. so if i wasn't first in every subject mm. if i didn't excel in everything yeah my parents were not happy. Yeah. Uh, when I came home, if I'd been beaten up mm. um, or been bullied, my father's first response was to beat me again and tell me to go back out and beat up whoever had beaten me. Yeah. Their experience was so hard, so raw as mm. first generation immigrants mm. that that was their way of coping. To me, I didn't understand it at the time, but looking back, I do now. Yeah. Um, However, that had an impact on me, and by the time I was 14, I was first diagnosed with being depressed yeah. clinically, and I had my first dose of antidepressants. Mm. My father wanted me to excel academically and to be a lawyer. Mm. 
Mm. I didn't want to be a lawyer at all, yeah. and I wanted to do psychology. Yeah. Probably due to my earlier experiences, I wanted to find out what made people tick. Mm. Why am I I? Why are people as they are? Mm. My father wasn't happy with that. Yeah. yeah. Then I had another strange experience when I came home from school, and uh, I must have been about 16, mm -hmm. and the house was all padlocked up, couldn't get in. And I didn't know what had happened. My parents were nowhere. So I went to a phone box, as they had in those days, mm -hmm. and I rang my best friend, and I said, can't get in. And he said, hang on, I'll get my mum, and they came and picked me up, and I moved in to their house with mm. them and that's where I stayed for several years mm. I went to college at 18 to yeah. do psychology mm. and during that whole period I was on antidepressants ironically wow. mm. when I was 22 the medics were confounded I think by the fact that I'd not reacted to any of these things mm. Mm. and so they sent me for my first course of electroconvulsive therapy Wow. That scrambled my brain up mm. and it actually destroys your short term memory. Wow. So just, now, just, just for the listeners, maybe you can just uh, um, elaborate a bit more what, what that involves <laughs> and what it is, because it sounds okay. quite a technical term. Yeah. Right. Now, um, maybe some of the listeners have heard yeah. um, or seen a film called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ah, yes. Yeah. Where um, a patient is strapped down and they mm. attach electrodes to the side of the patient's head mm. and they give them a series of electric shocks. Wow. And mm. that is how electroconvulsive therapy works. Yeah. Okay. The idea is that that will, as they thought in those days, mm. rebalance the chemicals in your brain and yeah. cure your depression. Yeah. Wow. Now, some people say that that's helped to some extent. Mm. Um, now, it's virtually not used as mm. a result of its effects yeah. and it's classified as being somewhat barbaric yeah so things have moved on yeah wow okay wow so um moving on from there what what, what do you think would have been the the impact of 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 that and that background into propelling you to change your life or, or how did the treatment evolve to to where we would say you've probably gotten to now What's the, the next stage of the, uh, the process for you? Right. Well, what ha happened after that was virtually under 40 years mm. of taking antidepressants. Wow. Each time a new antidepressant came onto the market, mm -hmm. they tried me with that. Yeah. Mm. And then I suppose the real issue is what was the impact of all that? Yeah. 40 years of different types of antidepressants. Mm. All these things have side effects as yes. well. Yeah. And that has to be taken into account. Mm. At the moment, 5.6 million people in this country every day, that's about an eighth of the population, mm. was it a tenth, mm. take some form of antidepressant and, yeah. or painkiller. It's quite a big number. Yeah. Yeah. Huge amount. Mm. And then I suppose the next thing that was um, a bit of a shock was about six years ago, mm. I had pains in my back and down my leg. Mm. And that was as a result of a slip disc, arthritis and sciatica. Mm. Mm. So I was put on very heavy duty painkillers, tramadol, 
and gabapentin, opiates, mm. and also twice a year had cortisol injections in my back to ease the pain, supposedly. I see. At the same time as taking this cocktail of antidepressants. Yeah. Wow. So goodness knows what the effect of the that effect was. The effect of that. <laughs> so it seems, uh, you know, your journey has just been characterized by all this medication and treatments and the depression and all of that. So... <clears throat> Where are you now? Where, where would, would you say you, you are now with all of that after all these years of uh, this <laughs> well, medication and treatment? About March last year, I had a further complication. Well, before that, about the end of the, Christ the, end of the year, the Christmas before that, mm -hmm. I felt like I was going to have another breakdown again. Yeah. And I felt myself really going down. Mm. Um, something else which I probably should have mentioned earlier is that about six years ago, mm. I actually had enough and with all the antidepressants, sat in a bath yeah. with two oh. bottles of wine, oh. took the antidepressants mm. and the wine. Oh. Wow. I woke up in a psychiatric ward, having wow. been sectioned. Sectioned. Wow. Mm. I did not know where I was. It took a while to come round. Yeah. And again, they did not know what to do with the depression. So mm. they gave me some more electroconvulsive therapy yeah. at that point. Wow. And I think it's safe to say then I really was a complete mess. mess. Wow. Was, was that at that point your attempt to you know, sort of feeling like overwhelmed? You've had enough? Was that an attempt to sort of end it all? Or what was your thinking um, around at that, that time. That's a really interesting point. Mm. And I, I like the way that you use the word thinking mm. because that's crucial to everything. Yeah. Now, at the time, it was probably the result of feeling very depressed, mm. the end of a toxic relationship, yeah. um, and financial problems, business problems all mm. imploded at Into once. One. And so that's what brought about that situation. Mm. Then what happened subsequently is I got a business coach mm. and he made me read a number of books, which yeah. a lot of your property people would have read, Think and Grow Rich, yeah. um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and so on. Yeah. And then from that, I was really interested in the thinking element of it. Yeah. The mindset. The aspect. mindset, yeah. precisely. Mm -hmm. And so from that, I read a book by um, a philosopher called James Allen mm -hmm. called As a Man Thinketh. Mm -hmm. And also the works of uh, Emile Coué, yeah. who's a French psychologist. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people might be familiar with his uh, phrase, every day, yeah. in every way, mm. I'm getting better and better. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the thoughts mm. and what you think is what you become. What you become, yeah. And that may have been said to me years ago, but it was only then that it started to resonate. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. I get it. 80% mm -hmm. of what we think are negative thoughts. Yeah. And unless mm. we, one, understand that, mm. two, stop them in their tracks, and three, train our minds 
to think differently, yeah. that's what goes round and round in your head. In the head, yeah. And if you're depressed at the time, mm. you're on a hamster wheel yeah. and it's not mm. getting better. Wow. So reading some of these books opened my eyes to, I suppose, a bit of self-introspection, thinking yeah. a lot of these things are due to the way that I think. Yeah. These problems are the way that I perceive the world mm. and how I interact with the world. Mm. And perhaps if I start doing that differently, yeah. things will start happening differently, Different. wow. which they did. Wow, that's, that's very interesting because when we talk about all these things, about mindset and our thoughts and how you know, the things that we think about can actually manifest into their physical form, there's actually no distinction between whether those thoughts are positive thoughts or negative thoughts. The, the effect is the same, essentially. So if you're uh, thinking and you make yourself have these positive thoughts, the manifestation is also the positive outcomes. But uh, like you say, it's quite a staggering percentage. That what, is it 80 yes. percent? Uh, you know, we think negatively around things. If we could only shift that and, you know, get to think the positive thoughts, we'll find the effects can actually be amazing. But I guess from you, from your point of view, it's it's the environment and the background that you grew up in, which which would have, uh, I, you know, to a greater extent, uh, led you to be in in the state that you are in in terms of uh, thinking those um, um, negative thoughts uh, to to the level that uh, um, you you were and the point that you <coughs> nearly um, reached to be thinking of uh, you know essentially end ending your life so. Um, it's it's quite in inspiring that you picked up on the mentality that it would just take that shift of mentality from the negative to the positive to take you to 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 where um, you could be and where you are now. Yeah, that's mm. right. And the mm. thing is that the reason why so many of our thoughts are negative mm. is because in prehistoric times, the part of our brain, the amygdala, that mm. kept us alive, mm. helped us survive, yeah. run away when we thought saber-toothed tigers were coming for us. Mm. That served a purpose then. But mm. now we don't have that, but yeah. that is still the predominant thought mode. It's survival, yeah. Yeah. and that's what it's there for. Wow. Yeah. So when we now get an email or a phone call that puts us into panic mode, yeah. we react the same as if that tiger is in front of us. Is in front of us. And if you right. can't switch off that stress response, mm -hmm. that starts to have a physical effect on your body yeah. and creates disease. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, very, very interesting. It's really uh, quite interesting to hear that. So um, now, having shifted your mindset and started thinking uh, in a positive way from the coaching and the books and everything else that you are reading, um, how, how did that take you to where, where you are now? And, and yeah, what, what was the process? How did that happen? Um, somebody advised me to go and see a sports psychologist. Mm-hmm. This is somebody who has an interesting background. He'd gone away and lived in caves and meditated and yeah. looked at the other side of life, so to speak, mm. from a different perspective. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I read his book, which was called The Gamma Mindset. Okay. Yeah. And I thought, this is really interesting. Mm. So I went to see him. Yeah. And he practices something called kinesiology. Wow, kinesiology. Which is the practice of muscle testing. All right, okay. So what happens is he will check to see if your mind Mm -hmm. is in tune with your body. All right, okay. So this starts with asking perhaps a simple question, such as what is your name, Mm. and holding your hand out. Mm -hmm. He will push against that to see if there is resistance or not. Mm. And then that will progress to more meaningful questions to see if you have the same muscle response. Yeah. And somebody practiced in that can tell whether or not your mind is in line with your body. With your body. Okay. Wow. He also looked at all the medication I was on, the antidepressants and the painkillers, and just said, stop it. I went, what? What do you mean just stop them? And he said, stop it. Hmm. That scared the hell out of me having been on these things for so long. For so long, yeah. But then he talked about the impact of them, the chemicals in them, and also that he would supplement my body with these vitamins and minerals which Mm. would take the place of the medication. Yeah. Mm. So I took his advice. I just went cold turkey, stopped Mm. all the medicine, and took the vitamins and supplements that he gave me. Yeah. Now, I would not advise anyone to do it that way. Mm. I had four months of sweating, shaking, oh. and detox mm. whilst trying to work and continue as normal. Yeah. Oh. Um, very uncomfortable indeed. And so I rang him up and I said, look, I'm having hell with this. I'm mm. a mess. And he said, that's still the detox process. You've had this for so long, it's not surprising. Yeah. Go and get some colonic irrigation mm. to speed up the detox process. Yeah. So that's what I did. And that seemed to help significantly. And I thought around March, April last year, I thought, I've done it. I've kicked the painkillers. I've kicked the antidepressants. Mm. Life is good. Yeah. <sighs> But I don't know if you're um, if you subscribe to this belief, which I now do, which mm. is that life is all balance. Yeah, you get the good with the bad. With the bad, yeah. And this was such a significant uplift and positive mm. that the negative had to happen. Yeah. Mm. And this happened one day when I just tried to go to the loo for a wee, and I could not. Mm. And I ended up curled up on the floor in complete agony. Oh. My wife took me to A&E, mm. they did some checks and said, we think you've got a prostate problem, mm. you need to go for a couple of biopsies to check for cancer, yeah. and in the meantime take these pills. Mm. Well, they did something which enabled me to wee, <laughs> which mm. was a great relief because I was in agony, yeah. but I looked at the pills and I thought, do you know what? I've spent so long on pills, I'm not taking these. Mm. I looked at the contraindications, the side effects, and I just went, not doing it. Mm. When I went for my next colonic irrigation session, Mm. I said to the practitioner, you know, I've got this prostate problem as well. They gave me these pills, but, you know, you've helped wash all the pills out of me. I'm not taking them. Mm. 
And she said, have you tried bioresonance? And I said, mm. what's that? I have no idea. Mm. Anyway, she gave me the details of the people who practice this. Yeah. I went along to see them. Yeah. Bioresonance is a harmonization treatment which treats the body without chemicals or drugs of any type. Mm. Okay. It works on the principle of quantum physics, which is that all matter mm -hmm. is both solid mm -hmm. and that's particle. Yeah. And the other side of matter is waves. Ah. And those waves consist of frequencies. Mm. Now, that's all matter, be it a door, yeah. organs in our bodies, yeah. disease, everything has a frequency. Wow, even our thoughts, I imagine, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. All sounds a bit woo-woo mm. um, until you read into it more and then I've seen the effects of it yeah. and felt wow. those effects. Mm. The treatment comes in two forms. The mm. first part of bioresonance relates to a body scanner. Yeah where you put headphones on mm. and it picks up the frequencies throughout your body mm. and it scans it. Yeah. And it will show you which organs are in need of help yeah. and those which are overactive. All right. Wow. So is, is, is that based on the fact that the ones which need help are not, they don't have the waves or the bouncing? That's or it. The frequencies the are too frequency. low. Yeah. And where you might be over overheating, if you look at it that way, the yeah. frequencies are too high. Yeah. Um, if you think about the way that old radios used to be, they'd have long wave, medium wave, and short, short wave. wave. Yeah. It works along that principle. Ah, I see. Okay. And the second part of the mm. machine is a separate machine that has built-in frequencies. Mm-hmm which deal with different parts of the body. Yeah. So your eye will have a different frequency from your heart yeah. and from your lung and your liver and so on. Mm. So whatever is picked up on the scanner, mm -hmm. the machine will have a frequency that should resonate with your body. Yeah. It's the name bioresonance. Bioresonance, I see. So what happens is that the machine will pick up what your current frequencies are for different parts of your body mm -hmm. and it will harmonize those with what they should be yeah. which is the best frequency for your body for that for, for that particular part of your body yeah that's it all right and it might attenuate mm -hmm. which is turn it up or it might decrease it yeah. to make sure that it is in harmony in harmony so, so effectively, there is such thing as an optimum level of frequency for each of the, of the parts of the body. That's right. Yeah. For so, everybody's individual yeah. body. So ha has this been worked out through science or understanding of the body for, for, the, for the machine or the system to know what is the right frequency for each part of the body? How, how, what is the science behind that? The science of this <clears throat> bioresonance first came into being about 70 years ago mm. in Germany. Yeah. Mm. And over the years, it's been refined. Mm. And there are now probably about 18,000 practitioners worldwide yeah. who operate with bioresonance machines. Yeah. 
Okay. And what's happened, particularly in Germany where it started, is an awful lot of German doctors, probably about 50% of them, use bioresonance machines mm. alongside traditional Western medicine. Western medicine, okay. Hence, when I look at this, I prefer to call it complementary medicine yeah. and not alternative medicine. All oh, right, okay. Well, complementary, I see, okay. And what mm. the machine did for me is make sure that when I went back for those scans, for those biopsies, mm -hmm. there was no cancer found. Wow. Okay. And also it ensured that I got no further pains in my back, mm -hmm. sciatica, mm -hmm. or the pain originating from my slipped disc. Yeah. So I might be biased, but for me, that has taken me off virtually 40 years mm. of antidepressants, antidepressants and yeah. also six years of tramadol and opiate painkillers mm. and seem to have got rid of the prostate problem. Yeah. So is, is that is that uh, a machine that corrects this as a, as a one-time thing or do you uh, is there a frequency of how or when you need to go back to it, get retested again, and then get the machine to rebalance your waves again. How how does how does that process work? It, it varies from individual to individual. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, um, with my prostate, mm -hmm. that hasn't caused me any problems since they last treated me. Mm -hmm. But because I was so impressed with that yeah. and also felt if I can live pain-free mm. without pills or medicines, yeah. I want these machines. How do I get one? Yeah. yeah. They told me that they could import them from Germany for me mm. and they told me how much they cost mm. and also the training. Yeah. So I've spent probably six months of going for training every week or two, personal one-to-one yeah. -one training yeah. as to how to use the machine. Yeah. I've had to read books mm. and had to do an online course to yeah. qualify. Yeah. And in a couple of months, I go to Germany to uh, the 60th anniversary of the Congress mm. for bioresonance therapy, yeah. where people from all over the world who use the machine congregate Mm -hmm. And then there'll be lectures by doctors and professors who use the machine. Mm -hmm. They'll be talking about new uses for it, yeah. uh, developments that they're looking into, and mm. ensuring that we're all trained on the latest methods. Mm. Wow. Okay. So how, how do you see this moving forward in terms of you utilizing the machine and also helping other people? Because... This sort of puts it into the realm of uh, non-conventional, um, you know, medicine in a way. So there's uh, probably, I mean, for you, the story is based on, uh, uh, you know, your, your life history and how it has actually personally benefited you. Having tried the conventional medicine and then seen that the non-conventional side is the one that, that has worked, how do you take that story to other people, even look to help other people who may be, 
in either in a similar position or in a different position where they haven't had the struggles of uh, using the conventional medicine, but they are in a situation where they need something. So instead of first going to the conventional route, they just come and, you know, in the first instance, come and do the, this non-conventional bio um, uh, machine. There are two two issues there. Mm-hmm. One is that um, through through the use of the bioresonance machine and mm-hmm. what's coming out of that now mm-hmm. is linking it to other lifestyle issues yeah. which affect your health. Mm-hmm. So following on from bioresonance, mm-hmm. I'm now looking at nutrition and diet, yeah. Yeah. exercise, mm-hmm. sleep, mm-hmm. Um, and other aspects of our lives that have an effect. Yeah. And again, in particular, it comes back to mind mm. and thinking. And thinking. Now, bringing together all those aspects mm-hmm. is the way to maintain and build upon your health. Yeah. yeah. And particularly for some of the clientele who you work with, who yeah. are business people, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. it's imperative to keep these things in balance. Yeah. Because yeah. once those things get out of sync, mm-hmm. your business starts to suffer. Yeah. Wow. So I guess that, that's that's where it, you know, you touched upon the, uh, the key next step there about, you know, whatever we do, you know, in terms of our um, our lives, the health and the, the mind is quite important to help us accelerate in all the other parts of uh, um, what we do and our life, especially in business as well. So I, I, I imagine this will resonate particularly to people in business, entrepreneurs who are looking for that that balance in life because ordinarily as people we are always rushing i mean uh, part of the background me and tony is um, that we did this expert speaker revolution course together and now we are on this uh, expert speaker academy and there's been a, a number of talks looking at different people who are doing different things uh, uh, in their professions and in business and uh, we just had this talk by uh, kevin mcdonald about uh, how he talks about you know, having this high energy and being obsessed about, you know, what he does because he's just so passionate about, uh, you know, the speaking and the business. It almost uh, pretty much occupies, you know, uh, his his life. So um, in, in some quarters, those kind of imbalance can lead to, you know, disease if you're not managing your, your life in a particular way. So looking at health, and uh, you know our lifestyle and all of that is, is is quite key. And I take it, you know, this machine, even from a lifestyle point of view, it's it's one that uh, people is it one that people can use, not necessarily because there's something wrong that is going on, but as part of uh, in their lifestyle and keeping their health. Uh, as as part in, in in the same way that uh, every now and then we go to the doctors for you know an eye test or an eye check or have our teeth looked at or a full medical check, I take it this machine has a use of w- within that that you just use it to rebalance self, not necessarily because something is is particularly wrong at that particular time, but you know put it as part of a 
uh, a, a lifestyle thing of uh, making sure we are balanced in our body, mind and health. Is, is that fair to say? I yeah. think you've hit the nail on the head there, which also mm -hmm. leads on to the next step, mm -hmm. which is that the scanner can identify, mm -hmm. even if you don't have a pain, it can identify those organs which are probably going to be the most susceptible yeah. to going wrong or to... Mm -hmm. um, not being as healthy as they could be. Yeah. And one of the things in particular it can pick up is allergies. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and I think that's a really important issue nowadays because mm. that links back to diet. Mm -hmm. And when we look at how food is processed nowadays and the things that people ingest, mm -hmm. a lot of what you are is what you eat and drink. Yeah. And so that will lead people to probably have regular checks to make sure that they're in their optimum health. Yeah. Mm. This also links on to other things which are, um, I suppose, being looked at. Mm. There's a, a subject called nootropics, mm -hmm. which mm. is looking at um, things that can make you operate at your best level. Yeah. You know, it's often something used by Silicon Valley um, giants. Mm. They take these things which mm. make them operate at their optimum. Yeah. So they might stimulate the left or right side of their brain mm -hmm. to make sure that um, their imagination is yeah. operating at its best and that yeah. their logical function is at its best. Yeah. Um, there are people operating using things called bulletproof coffee, which you may have heard of, yeah. which people may have heard of. Mm. So there are dietary things which are coming out into the mix as well mm -hmm. and a futuristic way of looking at how people can optimize their behavior on all fronts yeah wow but uh, i think generally as people they there tends to be um friction a lot of friction to change especially for things that are not conventional things that we are not used to so how are you finding that from the people that you get to speak to and uh, I guess is there like a conversion rates like the the people that you get to how many will sort of take that leap to try something different how, how is how are you finding the friction of and resistance of people that, that's a very important point mm. if anybody told me about this stuff even three years ago mm. i would have said you're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I would have said, I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Talking about. Yeah. But since looking and studying closely the connection between mind and body mm. and having had the personal experience yeah. of the issues involved, mm. it's something that people will either take mm. on board and listen to yeah. or they'll poo-poo. The people who will listen mm. are those who, like myself, may have had a challenging condition and tried everything yeah. into every conventional doctor, mm. popped every pill and tried everything conventional and just mm. thought, you know what, none of that works, so let's give it a try. Yeah, yeah. And they might find that it works for them. Mm -hmm. Then there will always be those who just think, you know, it's snake oil, not, yeah. not bothering with that. Yeah. But the thing is that if you just give it a try, yeah. and if you just look at the issues involved, there is logic behind it. Yeah. Which is why I would not call it alternative health, because I think that's not doing it justice, mm. but complementary health. Yeah. And when you link things like that mm. with 
hypnosis, mm -hmm. with Reiki. Yeah. Again, other things which are not easily explained mm. when you think about how they work, yeah. but can work in many instances, mm. then these are things that should be used alongside complementary medicine. Yeah. The other thing is that the World Health Organization mm. have identified and stated mm. that pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. across the world spend twice as much yeah. on marketing as on research and development. Wow. Okay. And when you look at things from that perspective, mm. then also all the side effects of drugs yeah. and the food chain, mm. you think, oh, hang on, what's going on here? Mm. We have a food chain where all kinds of additives are being put in, which mm. actually make people sick, yeah. which they're probably not aware of. Mm. And then these are actually made worse by a pharmaceutical industry who in some instances create drugs which have side effects, mm -hmm. which then don't actually fix the problem, but yeah. create other problems. Yeah. So it's a self-perpetuating machine yeah which yeah. might make a lot of money for somebody, but is not actually helping individuals. Yeah. And I think that's something that people need to look at before mm. they dismiss yeah. what I'm talking about out of hand. Yeah, well, I think I, I pick up on, on two points on that as well. Um, in one of my videos, I, I talk about um, a number of principles, inc including one whereby um, for us um, as, as people, if we can... Um, have a mind that is open to other possibilities, you know, other ways of doing things. You know, it, it really does help. So have a mind that is open to everything, but not specifically attached to, to anything, which means you are able to look at uh, something, a new concept or anything that is happening with a, a clear open mind to say that it could be something that, that could work. And uh, I, I guess... You know, from your your point of view, you know, as this message goes out to to people and people start to uh, understand uh, and learn and be curious about these things, it only you know when you when you spark that light bulb in in people, you know, it only takes that one person or two people that you know will get the message and they they try things out and they get to be uh, you know to be healed so in, in a way that in, in terms of sort of giving back to, to society you know when you tell your message and you show people I see that as uh, something that um, you know will help people somebody someone out there will listen to this story and you know they will pick up on something that you know, in the end, w would help them. So, your cause in terms of you know putting the message out there, of course. I mean, if you look at the industry of uh, you know lifestyle and health, these are you know multi-billion, <laughs> you know dollar industries. You know where where people are actually ma making money from these kind of ventures. But it's all about the value and the benefit that people get out of that because you know people will, will pay for value or something that, that they will benefit in when they can see that value so these kind of stories and getting people to have an open mind and try things and you know helping someone 
you know because life is a, is a precious thing like you say you know we only have one life if we can take care of it and you know in the search for information and knowledge if one person can pick up then that will be a really worthwhile cause you know of what you are doing in terms of putting the message out there about complementary medicine and how people can can benefit from from this so it's really a, a powerful message you know for people out there listening and they have some sort of resistance so i guess from uh because uh, you look at this in in two parts you've got the part where you're actually putting the message out and helping people but also the side where in doing so you can also benefit financially as a business and all of that so how do you marry the two in in a way from from your point of view I, I think it comes back to what you say about giving value mm -hmm. and that's the main thing yeah. now even if just one person yeah. benefits from what I'm talking about today if mm. one person can kick the drugs that they're on mm. and live without the side effects mm. and can combine that with a healthy lifestyle yeah. and they benefit from it mm. then that's great yeah with regard to turning that into a business, mm. I think that that is the next big area. Mm. Um, I think that people are going to be looking for something else. Yeah. The other thing is the personal touch. Yeah. I yeah. think that that's why things like Reiki, which involves some closeness, almost human contact. Mm -hmm. um, I think that talking therapies, all these things that may have been poo-pooed in the past, mm. they're going to increase. Yeah. Because all the remote stuff, the popper pill for everything society is just not working anymore. Mm. And I think that as, for instance, uh, social media becomes more prevalent, more widely used, if it can get more widely used, people might have thousands of friends online mm. um, and phones are addictive. I mean, that's that's another issue. Yeah. <laughs> Probably haven't got time to go into all my thoughts on that today. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, there's the electro smog from phones and things as yeah. well, wow. which have an effect on your mind yeah. and you yeah. mustn't sleep near your phones. You have to mm. detox your mind yeah. and give yourself a break from these things. Yeah. Wow. Aside from the electrical currents, mm -hmm. there's all the influence of what is said and how mm. that impacts upon people. Yeah. Every time your phone pings, it's a news flash. Yeah. And that news is not good. It's always negative. Negative. Wow. And so people need to, again, take control of what they put into their minds into their as mind. well. Yeah. Wow. That's that's very key. That's very key. Now, it's been a, a really, you know, educational, uh, you know, podcast in terms of understanding this. And I'm sure there will be a lot of listeners who will probably follow up on this and look to learn more. And also, you know, um, you and I, we are doing this uh, Expert Speaker Academy together. So we'll be, as this podcast goes along, we'll be following your story. So I'm sure it will be an honor to have you back on the podcast and follow how things are going and, uh, you know, uh, see the impact that this is making as, as you gather more and more uh, stories of people who are being helped and how it's, uh, it's all working. So it is uh, quite fascinating for me. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much, uh, uh, Tony, for sharing that story on the podcast. And uh, this is uh, just 
part of it, but I'm sure we will be following up on that. And, uh, uh, you know, any uh, requests for more information or people get to contact, I'm sure we'll get to pass on the more, uh, more information and we'll probably request a lot more information from you for people to actually get it, to understand exactly what is involved. So um, we'll uh, finish it off on this one, but uh, look forward to getting you back on the podcast. Um, so it's uh, it's been um, Tony Brown. Thank you very much, Tony. Thank and, you, And uh, we'll uh, speak again, I'm sure. So we'll look forward to following your story and uh, picking it up from there. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.